Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hello, everyone. Welcome to yet another episode of The Roker Report and yet another absolutely miserable fallout from another absolutely miserable Sunderland performance. I'm joined today by some of the usual suspects, be it Tom, Callum and James. Uh, on a sombre note, before we begin, lads, I'd just, I'd just like to propose a moment's silence for our friend Gav, who, overcome by apathy last night and self-loathing, finally took the handbrake off and willingly <laughs> and quietly slid gently into the North Sea. R.I.P. Gav, <laughs> gone but not forgotten, mate. So, <laughs> so whew, Stoke last night. How was that? How do you feel, think, Tom? You look happy. We said last week um, that we judge basically the season so far from how the Stoke game went. And it was, I don't think there's another word to use other than pathetic. We were honestly absolutely pathetic for a lot Shambles. of yesterday. Yep. Shambolic, pathetic. It's, it's exhausting, really, a little bit, in all honesty, watching it because we somehow managed to hype ourselves up come Thursday, Friday, and think, oh, well. Comments on the press say that we're doing well in training and Moises like, thinks we're on the up and we think, oh, go on then, we'll give him another game. And if he does well after this game, then I tell you what, maybe we've turned the season around. And for like the last three weeks of Premier League games, we've somehow bred this delusion that everything's going to be all right. And I think we do need to ask some serious questions and I'm sure we will in the episode, but questions need to be asked now. Um, I'll let some of the other lads jump in, but... Serious questions need to be asked. It is like, I mean, where do, where do we go from here? I mean, this is this Down. is a six pointer. Yeah, probably. <laughs> this is this is a six pointer. The fact that we're calling it a six pointer this early in the season is just pretty shocking. I mean, there's zero quality. To be fair, Stoke deserved the win. They won at a canter, two 0 Probably could have been four. I don't even think I'm questioning the effort. The players at times are just not good enough. Yeah. I mean, can anyone actually tell me what system we were playing? Lumping balls oh, into yeah. a five foot nine striker. We've been doing it all <laughs> season. I mean, the one David Moyes has had two weeks during international break. What's he been doing? It, well, there's no plan going forward. They're so disorganised at the back. I mean, Bournemouth put six past Hull. I mean, they've been in the league bloody 10 minutes. We've been in it 10 years, and they look 10 times the side of us, like. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's a, it's a, the, the thing that really bothers me is that was a Stoke team who have really struggled this season. Like, like they have been, on occasion, really poor. Like, and they could have had, they could have had four or five goals. Like, they could have easily had four or five goals. The defence, they look like, 
they look like strangers. There's there's no desire. There's there's even you know there's less quality. There's there's no invention like you said. There's no ideas about how we're going to score a goal, how we're going to attack. We don't defend as a unit. There's no there's no composure. There's no patience. There's no there's just literally no promise about that team at all. I can't see that team doing anything this season. Yeah. And I know there's a lot of injuries, and I know that you know people are out, but you know, there's. You can you can see what, it what, what, what I'm <laughs> what, I'm, what I'm what I'm watching is not what David Moyes is watching, and I think a lot of fans it's starting to turn against him, and and you know that there's you know we've seen it on on Twitter over the last twenty four hours, although you know you can argue how representative Twitter is, but there's there's a lot of people on there who are beginning to say, do you know what, this just isn't good enough. You know, there's mm. he's, he's had he's had a lot of time. And there are a lot of managers who would get more out of those players. I know they're not great players, but there are a lot of managers who would get more from them and who could at least organise and make them make them work harder. Because they, you know, when when McNair didn't get that pass from Ndong for the first goal, McNair just sort of went, oh, you know, threw his arms in the air, had a little saunter, and Dong just sort of had a go at the referee and just went, oh, you know, that was. And then but what was he trying Alan, Alan goes, saying that? Like, if we're going to pick apart the game like that. When Ndong hit the ball off the referee, he did it twice. He did it, it happened once, and then it happened again a second time. And you're just thinking, yeah. why not aim for another player? Why not try something yeah. else? It's it's like That's you're kicking thing, it off yeah. a wall. It's like there's a wall standing there. The ref's clearly not moving for you. It's just, oh, it just seemed like every time That's they got the hold no, of the ball, no they had composure. no, exactly, no composure. But as we said earlier, like no direction, no direction at all, like no real tactical plan. I'm, I was waiting for the international break and I was hoping over that time there'd be some sort of uh, installation of like a bit more tactical awareness, a bit more of a team identity and certainly more communication between the players. And Christ almighty, people are saying like, can I have another international break again? But no, I wouldn't. If that, they look worse than they did in the last match. Do you know what I mean? You're right. That, that time it off did. has made them seem all the, all the worse. I'd, I'm sick. I've got to be honest. I'm sick of it. Like I'm really sick, especially when you. What was it? Three thousand Sunderland fans travelled to Stoke. Three thousand people did that to witness that. To witness that capitulation. They're better. They're better people than I am because they were, you know, cheering all the oh, way. They were. That you know, yeah. I I don't I don't claim to be. They're beautiful, um, aren't they? But it's I, tragic. Oh, I don't I don't claim to be half as good as some of those people, and they deserve you know deserve so much more. And and it's just such a it's such a shame, and that's why it's so frustrating because. There's so you know the players, the manager, the the chairman, the decisions that are being made, they're not they're not worthy. They're not worthy of it. They're not worthy of the support, mm. and the support will keep coming because it always does, and the club will always be that way. And I don't think anyone would want to lose that from the club because that's what makes Sunderland so amazing. Is you know these away followings mm. and and how brilliant how brilliant we are. But at the end of it, you just think to yourself, do you know what? You don't deserve it, mate. You you really none of you deserve it, and it's yeah. and it's so infuriating to see such good people give up their time, give up their money, you know, and and be so positive and so behind the team, and and they get that. It's just disgusting. It is. Like... On... Sorry, go, go on, on, Jim. Yeah. All right, the, the the whole club at the moment, a bar in the fans. I mean, I just it feels flat. Like the players look flat. The fans. I mean, do we do our best? And you just think, what's Moyes done? Like the, 
the the feel good factor from last season we've spoke about how it's how it's disappeared. He's come in and surely Sam Allardyce would have sat down with him or uh, with a bit over the phone or a handover document or something and would have said like this is what how what we've done this is our plan moving forward. And it looks to me like he's not looked at that. He's just gone, well I know best. And he's spent 20 odd million on crap, <laughs> let's be honest, crap players and He's, after two games, he said we're in a relegation battle. I mean, when Sam came in, he comes in and he's, you know, he's, he's he borders on arrogance, but I mean, his confidence and his passion, you think, I believe in him. Yeah. And I'm sure the players did. They they look at Sam and they go, well, he, he thinks we're going to get out of it. Maybe we are going to get out of it. But when mm-hmm. David Moyes comes out after two games and says, oh, um, we're going to be fighting a relegation battle. I mean, that's got to that's got to well, impact. You might as well stick a proper Sunderland fan in the dressing room with them for the team. Yeah, exactly. You know right, what I mean? Like, right. we're going down. We're just going down. These are all shite. What irrit- shite. You were shite, lads. <laughs> what irritates me about David Moyes at the minute is I like how real. You know, when he said, "Oh, we're going to be in a struggle," I don't think any of us thought we weren't. And to me, that was like that was realism. It wasn't negativity mm. at the time. But he hasn't ever gone sort of on an upward. Tr- up the trend with this positivity. It's been, we're in a relegation battle. It's the player's fault. It's not my fault. We look good in training, but ultimately we're not good enough. He's never said it. There's been no shift in tone. Yeah. It's never been, all yeah. oh, we're in a relegation battle. But look how encouraging the signs are. He hasn't, he's, he's always been on the player's backs. And what's irritating about that is the negativity that's being bred this season. And somebody put this in either a group chat I'm in or on Twitter. They said, we're, we're losing a whole generation of Sunderland fans because the last five or six years have just been absolute torture. Mm. And we're, we're, the negativity that's swallowing the club up at the minute, and I don't want to just say it's David Moyes, because it's been an issue for a few years, but David Moyes is the figurehead now and takes our flack. The negativity that's being bred at the club is is killing the fans. It's it's killing the fan base off. David Moyes I mean, his is comments, short's his, human shield. <laughs> I mean, his, his, his comments after the game yesterday, I don't know if you heard them, but he said, oh, you know, we have... We had a bit of an experienced side out there today, you know. And you and you're thinking to yourself, he he must be standing around just thinking, you know, just saying, "Well, who bought all these kids? Yeah. Who bought all these kids? Like, you won me. <laughs> well, yeah, it was you. It was like, it, and and even even if that were, you know, even if even if he did, he he's bought them. I'll I'll run through the team, right? O'Shea and Gillibodji, 27 and 35 years old. You could argue that's a fairly reasonably experienced centre back pairing. You got Van Arnold and Mankio at fullback. One's a former Liverpool and Atletico fullback and played across clubs in Europe. Patrick Van Arnold's third season in the Premier League and he's been called up to the Dutch national team. The young keeper is our best player. So the most <laughs> inexperienced person is the best player. The attack that he played is more experienced than he would pick if players like Yanis I were fit. Mm. So he in the past he has played less experienced attacks through choice. And he's dropped and loaned out players like Lenz, who are experienced, so that he could sign the likes of Yanis and play Gooch. The two in central midfield, who he's saying are inexperienced, he bought for almost £20 million. And he's <laughs> saying, oh, well, we've got this inexperienced team. Well, what did you expect? What did you expect to happen when you haven't... When, he, when he's saying at the beginning of the season, oh, the squad's very small, we need to add to the squad. Yeah, well, if you're going to add young players, you're going to have an inexperienced team. We're talking about... It's, you know, it's... So, I mean, the goals... I just want to say for a minute, the goal, both goals yesterday, to me, they, they weren't quality goals. I mean, I, I noticed Alan's getting quite a lot of uh, praise for them, but 
Um, do you get praise for kicking someone in the head when they're down? Because that was it, it, it's the equivalent scoring goals like that. Do you know what I mean? Like Gillibodji for that first goal, uh, the ball's coming towards him. Now he could do what a centre back's supposed to do. He could leap in the air and use his head to guide it away from his goal. But instead, he raises his leg. He raises his leg yeah. away from the ball, hits air, and then watches Joel Allen <laughs> gently glides it past keep, uh, past Pickford. Which is, uh, uh, and I've got to say this about Pickford, he's taken so much stick for this. Like every t- so many people on social media and things like that. Why are we playing Pickford? Start Mika. Why would you? Mika looks like a Blue Peter presenter for a start. He looks creepy. <laughs> he weirds me out, mate. But on top of that, Jordan Pickford, he actually, he's a quality keeper. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. He, it's not his fault that we haven't had a clean sheet. It's the people in front of him, the people around him. Uh, the second goal as well. Uh, what was it? Billy Jones got megged. Got megged on a, a half turn, half volley, scuffed shot, really. And Pickford's view of that ball was completely blocked by the defenders who were in utterly the wrong place and yet did nothing about the ball apart from turn around and watch it as it went past him. I just, I'm sick of that. I'm sick of the constant errors, the the lack of passion. Oh, God. I'm sick of it all. Injuries. The yeah, injuries, that, yeah, as well. There we go. What, we have to now? Moist. 10? On the injuries, I think it's 12 now oh. or something. I mean, Moyes comes out, he says, it's not training. Rubbish. Do you know, rubbish. Do you know, doesn't sorry, that mean you that, can't get that many... technically we could feel like a, a disabled football team <laughs> right now? We've got it's, enough players <laughs> walking wounded to do something like it's, that. You just look... I mean, Joe Allen and uh, what's his name? Anoutovic, mm. they ran that game. Mm. I mean, Anoutovic made us look. I mean, Mankio, I mean, he looked, it was on his debut, I think it was, was it Southampton away? I mean, mm. I thought he looked a really, really decent player. Yeah. I thought, oh, we've got a we've got a good fullback on our hands here. From then on, oh dear, that lad, I mean, his positional sense is awful. Mm. It's just awful. And you just think, Moyes keeps going back to this, they're inexperienced, right? There's been plenty of inexperienced sides in this league who've done well because they're organised and they're because they're young, they're hungry and they're passionate. We're not organised and we're not hungry, and that yeah. comes from the manager, in my opinion. You know, what? I look back to like, and this, this, some people might think this is a ridiculous comparison, but I look back to when Alex Ferguson was the Man United manager. Sometimes he won games with ease against the likes of Arsenal, Chelsea, Liverpool, with what would technically be a second string. Mm. And the reason they must do well is because everybody knows their job. Everybody knows how to play together as a team in the set formation with the set tactics that have already been decided. And everybody's comfortable Mm. in in what they're doing. Sunderland, we look a bit like headless chickens in all honesty. We don't know how we want to play. Do we want to play wide? Do we want to play through the middle? It seems like we want to play with width, but we don't have any wide players, which boggles the mind a little bit. Uh, the fact that Dong's kind of farmed out onto the right-hand side of, of, for the last couple of games really serves to show just how weak we are in squad depth. And I do think the book has to stop with not necessarily just David Moyes, but club management, because we obviously didn't strengthen well enough to bring in enough quality players. We spent £13 million. I know we discussed this last week. But we spent 13 million on Ndong when apparently we could have had um, Jan and Vila for half the price. We buy Paddy McNair and Donald Love for something like seven million pounds for for two, in all honesty, very average young players right now. Moish surely coming in must have realised right. I just need to get an experienced squad out there who know how to play in the Prem. We'll scrape by and we'll try again 
to to sort of battle for safety, and we haven't done that ever. Well, he kept the team together, didn't he? Keep the team together from last. Sorry, keep the team together from last. Sorry, keep the team together from last season. I mean, he spent he spent money on players who he keeps calling inexperience, then, yeah, I know John Dre Yellen's not the best player in the world, but, I mean, he, you could have got him for, what, three and a half, four million. You've yeah. got, you could have got Jan and Villa, you probably could have added a couple more players for what he spent, and you could have kept the nucleus of that decent side we had from the back end of last season. And instead, he's gone and torn it up, and he's brought in people like Jan Azai, who couldn't fight his way out of a paper bag, and he's brought in two youngsters who were just... It's not fair to play them in this kind of environment because yeah. that's not going to be conducive to developing their career. But you see, even if we'd got in Yedlin, and I, I, I firmly believe that we should have stuck with the squad, that we should have we should have been as consistent as possible and tried to build on. Because last season we, we think it was a success and it was very, you know, it was very promising, very good. But the job wasn't done. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. it wasn't completed. And it's as though the club have thought, oh, fantastic! You know, we had a really good five months. It doesn't matter that Alaris is leaving. You know, we can now be, we can now basically start a new, we can start a dynasty. Do you know what I mean? We can start like the Moyes dynasty of like British young players. And you think, well, if the, if you don't, if you, if you're trying to build it for the future without a care of what, what you need right now, without the realities of, of what's going to happen this season, you, it's obvious what's going to happen. If you don't have the, that kind of core of players who can come in and take the pressure off the younger players who you're trying to bring through, because what he's basically done is said to players like Ndong and Watmore and Mankio and and Gooch and players like that, is he said, and, and even McNair, he said, right, well, you've got to be it. If we're going to stay up, you these players are going to have to be the players who keep us up. And, I, you know, I'm not a football manager, but that doesn't seem to me to be the best way to boost a player's confidence and to, and to help them develop. I so really it's, put that kind of like pressure on them. Prep. Sorry to interrupt, but it does, it's just what Sorry. you said there. It seems like his preparation for coming to Sunderland was to actually simulate a season with Sunderland on Football Manager and <laughs> see what would happen with Love and McNair and, and Dong. And he's seen and Dong bang in some quality goal. Have you, have you noticed that yeah. Dong hasn't taken a shot since he's played? And for someone who, with his, I know the obligatory YouTube video, as we say, when, when we signed him, everyone was looking for some, uh, some information on him just to see what he was like. And he was scoring some cracking goals from like thirty-five yards and things like that. And he strikes—he struck me then as this. He was described actually as aggressive. He was described as um, temperamental, fair enough. But he was also described as like a a box-to-box midfielder who would actually would like attack-minded. Do you know what I mean? He, he's not a central defensive midfielder, but he plays like one. I don't see, know I don't if think he's any, been in there. I don't yeah. think anyone knows their roles. I don't. I don't think anyone really knows what. Like, Who's going to play where? Which midfielders are sitting? Which midfielders are going to be box to box? Who's going to support Defoe? I don't think anyone knows. But, you know, yeah. yesterday, I think Rodwell was more of a sort of a defensive shield in front of the in, in front of the centre backs rather than someone like McNair or you know because you, you look at those players and and you know Rodwell's been we've, we've been told Rodwell could be a sitting midfielder, an attacking midfielder, a, a, a centre back. Same with McNair, and you and you think well, it's ob- it's obvious that he doesn't know. Who's which of these players fit in where? How to balance them out? How to get that sort of um, that balance in the midfield where players know their jobs, where players have a position? And he's trying different people in different. And some of it's some of it's forced on him by injuries, but some of it has to be the fact that he's not 
preparing the players properly and he's not organising them properly. Mm. That's not being obvious. decisive, Callum. He's not. Yeah. Sam was so decisive in what he did. He was like everyone knew their jobs, as you just said. Everyone knew their jobs, and we got on with it. With with Davey Moyes, I just I just have this feeling where, you know, players are looking around at, at, at the rest of the players that are on the pitch, and they're looking for someone else to take responsibility at the moment. They're, they're you know, someone like Menez looking across and is looking at Jack Rodwell. I mean, I, for one, I mean we've what thirty one games he's now started for Sunderland, and we haven't won. I mean, I'm sorry that that can't be a coincidence. No. There's something wrong there. I mean, lads, in, anyone who knows me knows I have a bit of a disdain for Jack Rodwell anyway. <laughs> but I mean, that lad is just East. I need East to know when we're going to just cut our losses on him and when he's just going to rubbish. Because it's been uh, it's been a ridiculous couple of years having him and constantly every time he's on the telly being told by the commentators that he used to be so good. Coming up through Everton, you know what I mean? Yeah. How Ross Barkley-esque he is. And can can this new Sunderland manager get the best out? No one can get the best out of him. He's damaged goods. He's just yeah, he is. He's, he's, he's he's not mental. used to us anymore. It's, his, it's in his head, I reckon, Damien. It's in his head because yeah. <clears throat> he doesn't go... F- he, he never puts on a full sprint. And I think that's because he's worried he snap his hamstrings. Yeah. He won't go full on into a tackle. And it's because he's had so many bad injuries. And you feel for the lad there. But there's no fight in him. When he came in, he said, oh, I want to fight my way back in the England team. I mean, England are bad, but they're not that bad. (laughs) (laughs) But just trying to play play devil's advocate for one second. uh, Because there's going to be people who are like, sort of saying we're just talking a lot of crap, to be honest. (laughs) And just trying to address the flip side of it. There's people who are going to say like, oh, well, you know, David Moyes and Sunderland, we had a disrupted pre-season. That's fair enough, don't get me wrong. But this has been season after season. We haven't learned from our mistakes. So even if it isn't David Moyes' fault he didn't get a pre-season, he still had a lot of time. We still had two international breaks. He still got to decide who he wanted to sign. So ultimately, now, eight games into a season, you would think even if you didn't have as much time as you'd wanted, you would be able to suss things out in, what, three and a half, four Especially, months? Especially, yeah, definitely, when, when you consider that he's one of the longest-serving Premier League managers. On top of that, it's mm-hmm. not like he's lacking the experience of having a an injury-prone season or a bad transfer yeah. window or something like that. It's it's not like he's... But look, if you look at what someone like Eddie Howe can do without the experience, and you look at some of these managers who have that kind of energy, that hunger, that desire, for me, I don't care about his TV, <laughs> I don't care about what he did at Everton, I don't care about Man United. I don't care that he got that job or that he was Fergie's chosen successor or whatever, because I care about the guy who's managing the club now. Mm. I care about what he's doing, how he's talking, how the team is set up, you know, the players he's signing now. I don't I don't care that, you know, in 2005, he, he signed Phil Jagielka for a bargain. I don't care. Sure. Do you know what I mean? I, <laughs> yeah. I just, I, what I want <laughs> is someone who's going to come in and organise the players and get that kind of drive and passion and... Yeah. And he just and he just doesn't have it. He doesn't have the the energy and the optimism and the, and the passion that I'm looking for from a manager. And he and he looks he looks like he is um, bitter. He lo- he just looks like he he can't understand <laughs> how he's in this position, mm. how yeah, he's agree. carrying this bag. Do you know what I mean? He just, yeah, he, he, he's he, spot he on. Looks bit, well, so, I, I'm I sorry, to, um, you can carry on talking a second, James, because this will be relevant. Um, just some um, questions we've got from Twitter. Um, one of them I wasn't going to read it out because I feel like we weren't we'd already covered it in other episodes, but since we're talking so much about it, we've got one from Gareth who says we've had a shitload of managers, most bad, 
Do you agree? Moyes seems to be one of those that oozes bad feelings. And yes, well, yes, I do feel that. I think we all feel <laughs> that way. Well, the thing is, I, I said in, in previous podcasts that we, we've got to stick with David Moyes. And I'm, I'm, I'm trying, lads. I'm really trying to stay positive and stick with David Moyes. But if you take, if you forget about the last six years, I know it's hard, but if you forget about the six years, you take David Moyes' reign at Sunderland in isolation, you sack him. Yeah. It's as simple as that. He's he's lot by it looks to me he's lost the dressing room. They don't look like they're fighting. He had a very poor transfer. Now you probably give him two or three more games. If he hasn't turned it around, you probably get rid of him. But we have this horrendous stigma of sacking managers from the past six years, which is making us think, oh, but should we stick with him? But I'm starting to think, is he? Is he a manager that he peaked? You know, his last few years at Everton was that his peak, and he's now. He's on the downward, a bit like maybe Martin O'Neill was when we got him. We got him five years too late. You know, is is Moyes? We've said in previous episodes, is he is he damaged goods? Actually, you know, is he is he all he's cracked up to be? Because to me, maybe he's too old school. Maybe this old school approach of you know bollocking players and being very stern, maybe that doesn't work now. And he's he's not developed with the times. He's not kind of developed with the game because the game has changed so much in the last fifteen years. And I, I just, I'm starting to think maybe he, maybe his approach to management isn't conducive to to the modern egos, which is probably so fragile. I agree, Jim. And you know what? I think we were so lucky with Sam Allardyce because he he is old school. Sam Allardyce, don't get me wrong, he didn't play the most beautiful football. He, he called t- uh, tiki taka football bollocks, a load of bollocks. <laughs> you know, the guy wasn't really. He, he knew who he was, but. He believed in cryotherapy. He believed in sports science. That was like the forefront of everything he did at a club. And he was willing to be conducive and malleable and change with what the club needed. Mm. And we talked the last few weeks about the amount of injuries we had. We didn't seem to have any with Sam Allardyce. And I know we bring it up all the time, but to have almost a full squad of players out injured at the moment, Mm. like you said, suggests something is seriously wrong behind the scenes. Now, we didn't have that with Allardyce. And I think that just totally proves the point that we were so lucky that we got someone like Sam Allardyce who maybe has stayed under the radar the whole time. Like you're saying, David Moyes got the grand job and failed at it and hasn't ever recovered from it. We were so lucky with Sam. And we need somebody like that again. Maybe you don't necessarily need his pedigree, but you need somebody who has some different idea on how things are going to work. Yeah, I'm. I, the, thing, the thing is... you. Uh, there's there's been a lot of talk about how many managers are you know eventually we'll have to settle with a manager eventually we'll have to say right well this is the manager that we're going we're going for and I'm I'm absolutely fine with with sticking with a manager I think that would be good for the club I think I think you need stability and if you, the longer you can have a manager the better obviously you know because you get that continuity but I'm that doesn't mean that he's that manager mm. that doesn't mean that this is the one we stick on everyone's like oh well yeah but you know, this, we've had eight in five years, and this is the ninth. And you think, well, you know, that would be the ninth. And you think, well, so what? Yeah, who I, 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 eight, I, who, I who agree exactly that, with that. Actually, Callum, I completely agree. Who with said that. that? Who said that eight is the is the is the is that arbitrary number where you just stop? Maybe, you know, maybe, it, like, maybe it was wrong to sack some of those managers and replace them so quickly, but that doesn't mean that doing it this time would still be a bad idea. Well, it's like it's like saying it's like it's like dating like eight horrible people and saying, oh, well, you know, I'm in my late 20s. 
I'll have to get married at some point. So, you know, I may as well marry the ninth one, even though she's worse than the last, the previous eight. So when, you know, you, when are you getting married, Kevin? Uh, <laughs> moving on. But you, like the right time, the right time to commit is when you found the right one. Not when you go, Oh, well, you know what? It's about time. Yeah. About time. You know, if, if it sacking man, sacking managers is sometimes the right answer. And sometimes you get the appointments wrong and, it, and you have to admit it, whether it's whether it's the first, you know, it's the first manager after a 20 year stint like at Man United or whether he's the he's the eighth manager in five years. It's 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 not logical to say that because he's the eighth, the eighth or ninth manager in five years, that means he we have to stick with him. It just doesn't make sense. It's not relevant. Well, we've got, you know, it, it depends on his um, Jake. I mean, this is this one has to be sort of taken individually, I suppose. Jake says, do you think Moyes will be sacked by Christmas? I suppose that's more a matter of opinion than anything else. Yes, and I think Big Sam will be back. You think so? You you did say that, actually, the other day in the chat, didn't you? Yeah. Yeah, I I honestly think that the FA investigation will just say that he made an immoral choice that wasn't illegal, which, if you watch all the footage, it really didn't. Like, I I understand it's a lot of money to turn down to go to the Middle East and talk a load of crap, but... Like he says the whole way through, like, oh, I don't, I can't commit to this. Like, I would like to, but I need to make sure that it, it runs by the FA. He says, I'll run it by the bosses or something like that. Um, and I just think that, I don't think he left us on good terms. Like, it was very abrupt, his exit. And I don't think it was necessarily planned as well as we think it was. But I think, I think Ellis Short's like a man, I don't know, I say this, I could be totally wrong, but he's a businessman and he's a billionaire. And he got there by making correct business decisions. Mm. Sunderland has been a big blip on his radar so far. He's really struggled. However, he must look back and think the the most secure we've seen and where there seemed to be some longevity in our premiership existence, basically, was with Sam Allardyce. He bought us in bargains. Uh, if we'd sold Coney in the summer, we would have stood to have made a giant profit from him. When you consider think as well on that note that Coney and Allardyce share the same agent, so it's his mm-hmm. connections as well, those sort of things. Yeah, I mean, really the, is, the, huh? the very fact that he talks so much bollocks all the time, that his own, the way his personality is, has led to a network that he can yeah. call on and easily pick up these bugs. He did it for West Ham. Do you know what I mean? He did it for, but he's done it for every club that he's been at. He's brought in these. And it's quality it's not players. just that. As it's not just that. It's not just his connection. It's when you're saying about it, it's his his ego and the fact that he's so confident and mm. he has that swagger. He ha- he takes all the flack. Mm. Because when you have a press conference with him and you think, oh, what a knob, like the way he's going on, mm. he deflects all the attention away from his players. Yeah. They happily get on with their job and everybody thinks, oh, there's Big Sam being an absolute burke again. Nobody mentions the players at this point. Yeah. Whereas you've got someone like David Moyes and the negativity, it's just creating this like toxic atmosphere at the minute. It's, 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 it's insufferable. It's poisonous in the it press room, isn't it? Yeah. I, I can't stand watching it, it. You say the question, what was the, the question was, would he be sat by Christmas? Yeah, yeah. I'd, I'd like to think if you know if it doesn't go if the next few results don't go don't go well, I'd like to think he'd walk myself, but he's not going to. No. And that means is Ellis Short going to be willing to pay him off of a four-year contract? And I yeah. don't think he would. This is it's not like with Sam where he was given was it eighteen months I think when he joined, mm-hmm. or with Dick was given uh, a year. These were all small contracts. When you're talking about four years on, I can't imagine he's on a pittance. Uh, to me, I, I, I think I don't, I don't think he will sack him by Christmas. I think the only, the only way 
David Moyes won't be here is if he leaves of his own accord or they come to some mutual mutual agreement. But the next that's few really, games... That's a really horrifying concept, yeah. that is, James. I wish you hadn't said that, man. I just thought, is yeah. he, is I he mean, really I... going to be bending us over a barrel over this contract? Because that's got me worried. <laughs> yeah, I I think I, it obviously depends on results and, and on how you know how things look. I, I think if we haven't won a game by the next international break, he's he's... You know, he's got to be under pressure. It all depends, you know, on whether this is part of, you know, we've heard about this long-term plan, which is very, it's a very easy way to swat away any criticism to say, oh, you know, it's all part of the long-term plan. So it looks, so, you know, like yesterday, it looks like not having any plan is part of of a plan, which is quite strange. But, um, (laughs) you know, there's there's got to come a time when when, uh, Ellis Short makes the decision. and, And for me, it can't come soon enough. I, my my views on him are, are, you know, very well documented, and uh, and I, I don't um, I don't have any have any love or passion for David Moyes at all. But with with Allardyce, there'd be a few things that I would want to you'd want to make sure before he came back. You'd want to make sure there was nothing going to hang over him. There was no pending investigations or charges or anything like that that could cost us later in the season. But also, after he's gone to England, he's had his dream job. It's ended like that. If he comes back to Sunderland, you, you hope maybe, like with Moyes, you hope he hasn't lost that kind of passion. He hasn't, you know, that he's not bitter, that he's that he's that he's up for it again, and that would be a major part of it as well. Because the main problem that we had with Moyes was we didn't interview him. Mm. You know, we went to him and we said, "This is the job we want you." Do you know what I mean? And and we didn't go in and say, "Is he right for the club? Is he is he a good fit?" We just went, "Oh well, he's a manager who would who who's been here and done that, and he's." And he's got a good CV, and and uh, and you know, so we'll we'll offer him the job. He looks like an ambitious appointment. He looks more ambitious mm-hmm. than if you go and get Burnley's manager, or if you go and get Birmingham's. Well, manager. he did, didn't he? You know, he did before, but yeah, well, now he's starting to seem like yeah. a lot less ambitious than we actually if, hoped for. If well, honest, think, but, it, but it's a so, lazy, it's a it's a lazy appointment. Yeah. It's 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 the yeah, appearance point, of actually, ambition. Yeah. It's the appearance of ambition, mm. and and for me, um, I would go for. Um, Gary Rowett at Birmingham. If I was to replace David Moyes, that would, you know, I, I would have preferred Sean Dice, but I don't think he'll leave. He's already at Premier League club. Gary Rowett, you know, he mm. he might leave, but again, he'll cost money to come in, and, and we'd have to pay off Moyes' contract. So there's a lot of there's a lot of things that have to happen. We could do an um, entire I would, episode I was, on on the yeah. details of such things. Yeah, I suppose. Yeah. Uh, we've got one last question, and it's it's yeah, it's probably quite apt actually. Uh, Jesse wants to know how long it'll take us to get back to the Premier League. <laughs> you know what? I'm going to jump in on this because this is my opinion. Honestly, anybody who's out there who feels free to shoot us down, do so. But this season for me has just been preparation for a relegation. Yep. We stayed up. We stayed up last season and we secured TV money this year, which theoretically could wipe out the debt that has crippled us. We go down. We get parachute payments for the next three years. Mm. That not only help wipe out that debt, but they actually give us a pot of money to actually use. I think Ella Short's a businessman, like I said, he's a billionaire. Looking at the, the long-term picture, he must be thinking, how can I get rid of the debt? And in his mind, for so long, it must have been, right, I just need to be in the 2016-2017 Premier League to get the money, to wipe off the debt, put us into a sound position. And from there, like, there's endless amounts of possibilities. Do I want us to bounce straight back up? Not at all. 
because then I think we go back to becoming a yo-yo club and we put ourselves back into that position of spending money on absolute crap. Do we try and gain some kind of identity over the next two or three years? Dropping down a division, bringing some positivity back, learning a, a, or developing a system that not only the fans are enjoying more so than humping a ball 40 yards up to five foot nine Jermaine Defoe, but also getting the young players who we threw into the, the mire this year and watched them struggle, give them some time to impress in a lower division, come back up with a core of younger players and do well within the next five, six years would be my dream of how it would work. Mm. But there's no guarantees, is there? Mm. There's no guarantees. No, I think going down would be an absolute disaster myself. I, I, I think you just got to look mm. at the amount of really decent, his, like good history, traditional football clubs in the in the football league at the moment. I think if we go down the season, I think it'd be pretty catastrophic. I do think I don't I don't agree that it, it, we've signed players and there's been it's almost in the plan to 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 accept relegation this year because I don't think David Moyes would have would have agreed to that. I just think he's been poor. Well, the, tr- um, the, the trouble with it is, though, it's like you don't think he 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 would agree to that. But at the same time, what what has he agreed to then? Because ov- obviously, if his decision making is very clearly flawed, which it is, then what would be what would be the purpose? Did he did he that would imply that he's delusional that he came in and he actually thought that Paddy McNair and Donald Love and people like that, Yadisai, would would, oh, yeah. would get us to because we we were always talking about mid table stability, weren't we? So. He didn't. Yeah. He didn't bring in those players to fight fires. Do you know what I mean? He didn't bring well, that's, Paddy that's McNair, thing, McNair yeah. to make that impact when we're down in the relegation scrap in relegation zone scrapping at it. Do you know what I mean? It so would, it's, yeah. it, it would certainly make more sense. The signings would make a tiny bit more sense if you if you knew that the almost built into the plan was an acceptance that this year was the year that we go down. I think that as, um, as the four, I, I sorry to interrupt yeah. you again, mate, but on, on that note, the, the the four or five year contract he's in as well, if he's coming out and the first thing he's saying is we're going to be in a relegation scrap and yeah. he's signed a four year contract and he's got no, he's clearly got no optimism or hope that, or any delusions, as we say, that yeah. we're actually yeah. going to stay up, then I, I think to me, yeah. definitely he has accepted he has accepted the fact that he might be a, a championship manager in the next year. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't put anything past people in, in football who are in charge of football clubs. I wouldn't, I wouldn't presume to, to second guess just what people involved in football are, are willing to, to put fans through. And, and, you know, I, so it, it, it could absolutely be part of the plan that they go down. They could have this idea and they could be sort of, you know, trying to lessen the blow on fans while also kind of retaining this uh, this facade that we're actually trying to compete in the Premier League. So it would make it would make some sense. I have some difficulty um, trying to well believing that that's the case because I don't think David Moyes would have signed on for that. I something in me makes me think that um, he he believes he is actually above that. He, you know, it's not long he was at, uh, ago he was at Man United. I don't think he believes himself to be so far down the pecking order that now all he's good for is taking a team into the championship. And, you know, his negativity, he, he was negative last season when he turned the job down. Now we've got two points from eight games. Um, he turned the job down when we had three points from eight games saying we were already down. So, you know, David Moyes is probably at his massive house this weekend going, 
saying to his wife, oh, you know, I gave it my best shot, love, but, you know, they're already down now, so mm. that's it, three points, yeah, <laughs> two points the, from eight games, would, you know. Wouldn't that married. mean that he, he must have some sort of relegation clause or something like that? I, I don't know. We could talk about this all day long, I suppose. Um, just a, a quick one then, because um, we're going to be wrapping up soon. Um, West Ham next week. I watched them scrape a one-all draw yesterday. After I don't know how I could manage to watch another football match after the Sunderland one, but I did. And I tell you what, even though their defence is poor, I'm looking at Payet, I'm looking at Lanzini and Antonio, and I'm looking at our defence, and I'm just thinking, oh my god, like four, five, six goal thriller for West Ham. Do you know what I mean? I, I honestly, if we're only attacking with the foe, I can't see how he's going to get. Even even though they've got their defensive frailties. I can't see how our attack is going to push forward towards beating them by outscoring them. I don't, I don't know. I mean, West, 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 West Ham are not. They're so not upset. Dimo was so upset. He, he forgot West Ham won yesterday 1 0. Did they? Did they win? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Christ. Oh, they man. won 1 0 against the Yeah, I, I, I was out of it. I, was, I, I could have sworn Crystal Palace scored in like the first 10 minutes. Oh no, that was um, no, that that was against us, wasn't it? No, it was, it was our game. Either way, regardless, my point still stands. They were pretty bloody pants. And I, I still think they they did a, a crap job, and their defence is so frail. They, there were many opportunities for um, for them to draw or lose. Sorry, oh, yeah, I must have been completely out of it. Mate. Christ, I'm well, they've got way, to get, they've you, would just, you would hope that like this isn't West Ham turning a corner just in time to play us. Yeah, you know, it, it would be it would be typical that we would you look at our fixtures and you'd be like, oh, we're playing Stoke and West Ham, two teams that are struggling, and then we play them back into form because that is standard Sunderland. Mm-hmm. I just I'd look at someone like that Simone Zaza who's been so poor all season. It's got it's got it's got Zaza brace written all over <laughs> with his little tappy tippy tappy feet. Exactly. We're Andy Carroll's just going to face a, a late. The thing is, with our, with our defence. With our defence, you'll have all the time in the world. Zaza would just take little tiny steps all the way up, you know, as a, as a cross comes in. Tiny little steps, tiny little step in the back of the net. But they've got game changers, haven't they? That's the thing. They've That's got it. those players. They've got those players. And to, you know, you mentioned them, Antonio and, 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 uh, and you know, Payet, Zaza, Lanzini. I hear is good. Payet, Lanzini. And, you know, it's fortunate, kind of fortunate, I guess, that Cresswell's injured because he's well, a no, very, he's, I really raised Cresswell. Oh, he's, he's not injured. He's playing, he's banned, yeah. But, um, yeah. but he's, um, you know they've got these players who can really, really make a difference. You know, create something, and and you know we seem to be offering a charitable service to go around and start people's seasons. Um, so we said yeah. it last week. We said it last week, didn't we? We said Stoke are going to be sitting there in the pubs all this week, rubbing their hands, thinking, "Lads, don't yeah. worry, yeah. the game's coming up that changes our season." And sure three enough, they went two 0 All Utah, the West West Ham fans. Same thing this week. They'll be sitting there thinking, Sunderland, absolute load of crap up there. Uh, we'll come away with three points and we'll, we'll have two wins from two games. We'll get a bit of momentum. Um, the likes of Lanzini, Payet, Antonio and so we'll have a bit of confidence going into the next few games. And for us, it's we said last week, we ended last week saying, this is the game judges by. We've got Arsenal. We'll think that's a throwaway result. We won't get a result. We'll manage to draw, mm. paper over the cracks next week mm. and then be defeated at Burnley and Hull and, and be back in the same position. <laughs> you know, so, you yeah, know I, I actually, I actually can't fault that from Tom. I think he pretty much summed that up. Um, which is probably a good job then, actually, because, uh, yeah, that's about all we've got time for. Um, 
Well, yeah, thanks as ever for joining us this week. Uh, don't forget to subscribe on the Acast app on your mobiles or on your PC, and of course on iTunes. Um, we look forward to seeing you again or speaking again around you somewhere next week. Because <laughs> I can't see any of you, I swear, I promise. Uh, yeah, this is the Riker Report, signing off. <laughs>A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.